Emotional Cripples is an entertainment podcast which contains frank discussions about mental health. Listener caution is advised. Hello and welcome to season two of Emotional Cripples, a podcast about male mental health. I'm Andrew Lowe. I'm Tim Tucker, episode one of season two. <laughs> I should just clarify. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, yeah. yeah. Episode one of season two. It's not the whole of season two in one in one podcast, that would be yeah. a bit weird. <laughs> um, this but, is the beginning of season two. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a new beginning, Tim. It is. It's a, a fresh it's start. It's a new year, it's... It's 2019 or 2019, as people who like sci-fi will say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, we're going to just record these and we're going to um, get them out and have occasional guests mm. and um, sort of see how it goes really, rather than just hold off until we've got a load of guests in the bag and release them in autumn and all this stuff. Yeah. We don't need to do that. We haven't got any masters. We can do what we want. That's right. We don't have people. We don't have deadlines. We don't have people going. We need to get that series to us by autumn, by August the thirteenth. Yeah. We can do what we want. So we thought we'd just record them and um, see how it goes. Yeah. And yeah. So the start of the year, um, it's always a difficult time in terms of January because you know it's miserable, it's gloomy, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's going. I've got no money. Yeah. Uh, I've eaten too many. Um, hotel chocolat liqueurs yeah. <laughs> over <laughs> over Christmas. It's got that after the party um, feeling, isn't it? When you come downstairs yeah. and there's still bottles, half filled um, bottles of beer everywhere. I'm talking yeah. metaphorically. I don't. It's, I have actually cleared yeah. away all the beer, but metaphorically, it's like yeah. that, isn't it? That sort of stale air and yeah. you know streamers on the floor, sort of thing. Yeah, and and I, it's just that sort of sense of. Um, I went to Marks and Spencer's. Um, Occasionally, I pop into my Marks and Spencers. Yeah, and but sort of the week after Christmas, and they just had this thing like, I mean, discounted, like a chocolate house <laughs> with like sort of snowball, <laughs> like sort of white chimneys and snow on the roof. And you just think, why is someone eating that? That's so, now in January. It's suddenly, yeah, yeah, it's suddenly kind of. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of you know it was it was like eight ninety nine or something and now it's like one ninety nine. <laughs> Please, somebody fucking get this off our hands. And you just say no, no one's eating that. It's just that kind of weird Christmas madness, isn't it, that everyone goes through? It becomes suddenly clear, doesn't it, in the aftermath mm. that why on earth did we even consider eating a chocolate house? You know yeah. what what what, what yeah, are we thinking? Going... <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So so that's that's all gone anyway. Um, we've. We've documented our feelings about Christmas yeah. extensively already. So, as um, anyone who's heard the previous um, episode will know, I was, I'm trying to come off my meds in Jan with the support yeah. and guidance of my um, GP. But it all went wrong when I went away between that that week between Christmas and New Year, where you know you're not really sure what to do. When we you, went when away. You say, when you say you went away, yeah, you don't mean you went to prison. No, no, it wasn't a metaphor for that. No, I was, I was literally okay. away on a nice little holiday in Devon, 
And right, that, see, even that sounds like a metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's all um, okay, uh, yeah. So, and I forgot my meds. So that was going to be the last yeah. week of my full blown meds before I started coming off them in January. Anyway, right. I was sort of halfway to Devon before I realised, and and obviously at that right. point you're like, oh, I can't go back. It'll be fine. Cold you know? turkey. Um, but it wasn't fine. I ended up going really mm. sort of weird. My head went all dizzy. Um, I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't think of any other reason that this happened. During the drive. Yeah. So I, I, and my head went dizzy. I started feeling really disorientated. Not, not necessarily depressed. I was just, it was weird. It was like, um, you know, I just felt giddy all the time. So that happened. Then when I got back, I sort of necked, went back to my usual regime and it started okay. to get a bit better. But then I, I became a vegan, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's funny you should say you've become a vegan. Yeah. Because every person I know has done the same. Really? I can't... <laughs> literally every single person I know. <laughs> there, there just seems to be some bizarre sort of movement it's suddenly re- towards everyone becoming a vegan. I don't know what it and, is. Well, I mean, veganuary... Hmm. Veganuary is the kind of thing that's happening in terms of a, a sort of... Uh, he's, I mean, he says... Who, who signed that off, as Cole Pilkington would say? <laughs> <laughs> he says that it's veganuary. It's, it's sort of um, it's a terrible it's word, a mass kind isn't of it? Yeah, movement. Yeah, it's rubbish, isn't it? It's a terrible yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. It should be jamuri or something. Or you just eat jam or something. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't work with with the word. No, but no, of... it, I suppose the timing's right, isn't it, to get people on the health kick? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got to say, it's been largely positive for January, but it has played havoc yeah. with my usual sort of eating patterns and energy levels and things. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a bit of a mess and all of that it's hard to unpick that from the general depressing January oh god you know it's 2019 yeah. and what have we done and all that stuff um, so okay. yeah that's where I'm at in a nutshell or not so much of a nutshell so you so you basically decided to let's just just to clarify then mm. you've <laughs> decided to go completely cold turkey on your medication yeah it's January which is a dreadful time of the year anyway yeah You've decided to not eat the things that you enjoy eating and make you feel good. You've yeah. decided to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, are you watching those like French existential films as well, black and white films? You, you seem to be doing as much as you possibly can to make yourself miserable. Oh, I forgot. I've gone dry as well. I'm not drinking alcohol this month. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I feel also a bit ashamed because last last episode on this podcast, one of our tips was don't don't fall for any of that January stuff. Don't give up anything in January. Yeah. And I, I appear to have not followed my own advice and uh, gone with it anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, little, I, I do feel a little disorientated. I do feel, um, you know, it's, it's not all bad, but it has dragged me down a bit, to be fair. So um, what, have you been doing to, what have you been doing to sort of cope with that? Yeah, outdoor walks with the dog yeah um and exercise playing I, pref- I prefer walking outdoors actually do you i, yeah. I have to say i walking indoors just, just doesn't really do yeah anything. going up and down the stairs <laughs> round and round the living room yeah <laughs> yeah exactly just i think i walked to the kitchen and back a thousand <laughs> times um see, see if anything's changed <laughs> really working up my steps here yeah no all right yeah. yeah let's just call it walks then walks with the dog yeah um and uh, tennis so physical activity um right. what else uh music i don't know my brain's a real fuzz i've sort of had a kind of start where i've just been um 
<clears throat> I don't know whether it's January, whether it's seasonal affective disorder or whatever the hell it is, but I'm just sort of on that kind of, um, you know, a bit starey sort of going, uh, that <laughs> that feeling of um, just slight sort of numbness yeah. and going, uh, yeah, this is what I've, I haven't really had this for a while, thinking I'm just sort of depressed, really. I'm, yeah. I don't know, in a kind of sense of, mm. you know, not, not in a self-destructive kind of way, but thinking... Can't be bothered with anything, and I'm yeah. not particularly excited by things. Yeah, and so not 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 excited by the things I'm normally interested in. So I've mm. had to kind of really just focus on coping strategies, really, and just get on with my work. I'm writing a new book, so yeah. I'm working out the story for that and everything. But I've just had to try to. I've got a lot of other stuff on the go in terms of the marketing for my, for other books, and and um, mm. so work wise, you know, I'm just. It's that thing where you feel you're self-medicating with work, where you just completely don't give yourself a second time to think yeah. about feeling a little bit um, mm-hmm. sort of down, and you just kind of think, anyway, enough of that. What's next on my to-do work list? So you just keep sort of yeah. plowing through it. And um, it's interesting that you say that you felt depressed because obviously I think everyone feels down in January, and we've all we've touched on before the difference between just feeling a bit down yeah. and being depressed. Yeah, but it not, is hard to tell. Bad. It's definitely it's, it's definitely to, different. It's definitely it feels amplified, sort of, doesn't it? Yeah, it's sort of like a it, it's it's like a suppressed feeling. It's a kind of sense of you know mm-hmm. there's a sort of fog. There's a bit of a yeah. There's a bit of a fuzz. You're not just going oh fucking January. I'm annoyed. I'm this is annoying. The weather's rubbish. Mm. It's just a general sort of existential kind of fuzz, isn't it? Depression, where you're just sort of thinking, "Oh yeah, is this going to go, or am I just going to keep well, feeling like this?" My one, I can definitely describe as palpably like I'm on the verge of tears all the time, which is a yeah, which is a horrible feeling, um, especially when they don't come. Mm. It's like I want I want to break out and just let this out, but um, mm. that's how mine manifests itself when it gets really more and more inward looking and you start to self obsess a bit and then and then just this verge of tears feeling um mm. it's uh yeah it's not pleasant mm. that's how i know it's not just oh i'm feeling a bit sad i know though no this is an episode of depression i'm going through um you know that thing hedonic adaption i don't know <laughs> no I, i'm not yeah. sure of that what is that <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing where you know you because more the longer you live the more you do the things that are mundane and you don't and you they get you get used to them right so so if you're eight years old brushing your teeth is still a bit of a novelty yeah but if you're 48 it's just the thing that you do you don't Mm. remember doing it you just do it yeah and so you get more and more of those Ah. in your day as you get older Mm. so the time seems to sort of contract yeah you know from from like 10 to 11 is an eternity but from 40 to 48 is like two weeks yeah <laughs> so it's like a, you know you adapt because there's so few there's more of the things that you get used to doing so ah, interesting so that's the kind of that's sort of um an, uh, quite an interesting idea i think because my point is that i it feels like you become quite bedded down in that in the everyday mundanities of life yeah and you sort of um you get oh, right. all of those yeah yeah so when you get so i think when you're close to tears in a weird sort of way, it's like you're stepping outside of that. You know, you're kind of raising your head above the fog. Right. And um, and you suddenly start to feel everything a little bit too much, don't you? Yeah. It's almost like the opposite of hedonic adaption. And that mm. you'll notice, that's, that's how I feel with depression. I think 
if I drop something on the floor, it's like a fucking disaster, you know. Mm. And it's nothing. I just pick it up normally. Yeah, no, I know what but you just mean. The yeah. ti- just the tiniest things just make me angry or just go, for fuck's sake, just a slight thing. Yeah. And it's it's like you're kind of, your strings are sort of stretched so tight, you know, to sort of... <laughs> I uh, know. This thing is going to break them. Definitely relate to that. Yeah, sort of irritability as well of mm. yeah everyday existence of dropping something is suddenly uh, it seems like yeah. a massive thing. Everything's a bit amplified in a funny sort of way, and also there's that fog. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth explaining. I wonder if people. No, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is because the, the whole point of doing this really is just to, you know, there were, hopefully there's people. There are people, or not hopefully, but there are yeah. probably people listening who feel similar. So yeah, it's good to relate. The, yeah. It, if anything, if anything, it's just being totally honest about how we're feeling and not just going, ah, oh, fine, you know, getting through it. Mm. You know, we're not. It's, we're struggling, and it's not easy, is it, sometimes? And if I... I always know when, when I'm sort of going through a bad period and that I use this phrase... Um, I noticed myself saying it the other day, which is, why can't something just be fucking easy, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got that, yeah. That, just one you know, thing way, be just, easy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just one thing, just fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's nothing. It's it's sort of in isolation. You, if you're mm. looking from the outside, you must be thinking, "Chill out, you know, whatever. Just get over yourself." Or yeah, but and I, I agree. That's mm. that's that's true. You know, objectively. But when you're, that's what I'm saying about the the, the mm. opposite to hedonic adaptation. When you're right deep down in all of that, yeah. and you you raise your head. Everything suddenly feels difficult, acute, and difficult, mm. and sort yeah. of complex, doesn't it? I think also I have a thing where um, I get so um, fuzzed over by depression, by feeling down, mm. that I start to pick fights. Or I start, not really pick fights mm. physically with people, but I start to kind of um, sort of engender things, try and make things happen mm. that are a little bit contentious or, or exciting. Right, or yeah. something that something that kind of jolt to me in some way yeah that's interesting and i think yeah. why did i do that there's no need for that there's no need to say that to that person or there's no need to yeah you know that's going to be blow up that's going to be controversial yeah. or, or something because it's a, i think it's a kind of a way to sort of yeah try and jolt jolt my system into life you know definitely and yeah obviously that's not good for people around you necessarily if you're mm. either snapping at them or if you're um you know you're you're mm. making an unnecessary sort of contention about something, or yeah, I think that's part of, that's part of the process for some people, isn't it? You're just trying to sort of like give your system a kind of job. Definitely, I, I mean, one of the things that comes up a lot. I mentioned a few episodes back about the Mood Notes app, which um, tracks your moods, mm. and uh, one of the things I've noticed, like I, I trigger a lot, is an all or nothing mentality. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yeah, where I've definitely got yeah. that. Where you know, you know, it's not worth doing unless you do like you're doing everything into it and um i wonder if that mundanity that you just talked about of being a bit older doing the mundanity of january makes you want to just rise above that and snap something into action and make make something kick yeah. off and yeah exactly um i think it does yeah mm. i think it does because i've been playing I was, one time i noticed i play football twice a week now it's really helpful in terms of i just see a, we've talked about this before i see a see a load of blokes there's no real um, there's no agenda to the relationships. It's not like a work. I'm not office colleagues. Mm. I just drop in for an hour twice a week. Cheers, guys. Drop out. Yeah. Again. See you next. See you on Wednesday. Or whatever. Yeah. But one thing I have noticed is um, I'm just playing like a maniac. I'm playing really <laughs> hard. 
like it's some kind of fucking you know training session for uh yeah. Like the Champions League final or something. That's like me. And, um, I was doing that in tennis. They called me a puppy the other day really? for my enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sort of noticed that there's a guy who's got an injury and he was watching the match. He was watching the game I was playing in. Yeah. And he's going, Jesus Christ, you're everywhere. <laughs> you know, you're like, your movement's great. You're just right. slow it down a bit. You know, just let the ball do a bit of work. I, I'm exhausted just watching it. <laughs> and then, so that's not a humble brag that's just him yeah. just me saying yeah Jesus somebody else had that had that feeling as well that I was yeah. just playing a bit too hard mm. you know for for the sort of situation which is just a kick about and you know I'm quite competitive in those sort of situations I want to try and yeah. I want to win mm. but I don't want to win so badly you know it's sort of like a what? it's like a feral sort of stamping around the place <laughs> they have to cage you at the end. No, um, it's, it's another manifestation of that um, that need to rise above the mundanity and just make something happen. Maybe I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's been happening, mental health wise, is since we last spoke. Well, um, it all kicked off, didn't it? Just last week with um, with Gillette doing a sort of. Uh, it's basically you know the the Gillette. Sh- strap line was always the best a man can get and and they changed it to the best a man can be and they they tell a story of trying to make sure that men that your mates let's say don't hassle women and don't bully others and that we can be better than that as men it seems to me a a wholly positive message um what really surprised i thought it was good you know you can be cynical and say well do they really believe that or is it just a marketing ploy fair enough but what really surprised me was the backlash um, and I'm going to say led by Piers Morgan. He didn't lead it, but he's, his, his was the loudest voice of, you know, this is a bad message for men. Um, I really wasn't surprised. I was really taken aback by that. Like, why? What, what did he exactly object to? Was it, you know, he wanted to carry on bullying people or something and that was stopping him? It really confused me. Um, and there's been as quite a lot of social media chatter um, against it as well as for it. For the wrong reasons, I think. Um, so I'm, you know, I sort of in light, I, I slightly, I, I think it's great that it's an issue. It's great that we've, you know, we've been talking about it, haven't we? And Dean Burnett, when he talked about his book, talked about toxic masculinity. It was one of the things that's come up a lot. It's, it's a very now topic, especially in light of the reaction um, of Me Too. It just feels to me like people like Piers Morgan, they just wind up, wind up merchants. Yeah. You just like wind them up, watch them watch them go yeah it's like insert insert something that they can thunder about and um they just remind he just reminds me of richard littlejohn someone like that who just sort of basically yeah sits on sits in a certain part of the of the political spectrum you know and anything that anything that he can easily knee-jerk against as a kind of liberal snowflake all the usual yeah. just yeah. slurs, basically. They're just slurs, you know. They're just talking about, mm. hey, how about we have a little bit more empathy? How about we uh, try and behave a bit better as men? All these things. Mm. And then and then he just goes, people like him will just say, let men be men, let boys be boys. But it doesn't mean anything. No. That, that means nothing because we don't know what his idea of a man is, do we? No. And he will say, oh, a man just gets on with it, uh, puts up with it. You know, and this is all, mm. and all of that nonsense is the reason why men are in such a terrible state. Yeah, you know, with their feelings, with their mental health, because mm. because of people like that putting pressure on them to, you know, just be men, whatever that means. 
And at least one, one thing that Gillette campaign is doing is challenging that, mm. you know, suggesting that the way that we've behaving before ain't working. You know, the, mm. the suicide rate of men under 50 yeah. is proof of that. The statistics speak for themselves. Mm. So let's try a different thing. It's that old, uh, you know, adage about trying to do the same thing and expect different results. Yeah. What about the fact that, because I saw a t- statistic that said there were t- there were like twice as many or three times as many votes down on that Gillette Vizier as v- votes up. So I'm, mm. I'm concerned now that either that signifies a backlash or that the people are really committed to not to right. not letting you know the whole the message of that video isn't like um they said it was emasculating but all it seems to be saying is don't bully other people and don't uh, hit on women when they don't want you to hit on them what exactly is well, about that of, is is um is bothering these people who are voting that down i, I really don't get it but you know i th- i think you're right about the cynical thing i think people just look at it and say well that's just gillette jumping on the toxic masculinity bandwagon so this, that's that's really the that's the yeah the reason people are doing that People aren't going. Oh, I'll tell you what. Let's let's bully more women. Yeah, you know that. This is ridiculous. <laughs> that's what a man Very does. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a man does. Yeah, they're just basically saying, "Oh, it's Gillette jumping on the corner." I don't really care about that. Just like the Gregs, mm. I don't care. Whatever it takes. Yeah. To get people thinking, oh, maybe I should behave a bit bit differently. Mm. Um, it makes Gillette a few quid. Fine. It's sort of. I can't see any other way we're going to kind of get that message. Over, no. Other than just sort of products that people use day to day. Mm. Uh, something that men have to do, you know, every few days or whatever, shaving. It's like yeah. that's a perfect yeah. place to get that message. And at least and it's so being talked about, isn't it? Yeah, I, I suppose we should be thankful for, that the issues are at the forefront. And I hope, um, you know, I think there might be this year, to be optimistic, there might be some more of that kind of if brands and businesses start thinking, actually, we ought to be aligning with, with that, um, you, know, the, yeah. you know, the Me Too movement with, uh, you know, victimizing on social media whatever it is then that's that's a, a signal if nothing else that society's changing and that's great and just to rationalize it a little bit because because i am baffled genuinely so i'd, I'd be interested in other opinions but i think <laughs> i do that's think that general state <laughs> i think the one thing i'd say back to somebody with that opinion if they genuinely have it the piers morgan you know men be men is that we're not talking i think about throwing the baby out with a bathwater. being respectful to women and no. not bullying other boys doesn't mean you're like not able to be a man you're not able to be masculine in other ways there's nothing wrong with masculinity as such it's the toxic side of it that people are objecting to right um and so you know it doesn't mean you can't play football or you know whatever it is you want to do go down the gym uh, it, it we're not, you know i don't think gillette or anyone is saying take that away um you can still have your beer down the pub it just means the toxic side needs to go that's that's the message i'm reading from it and i think you know that should be emphasized. It's soft on the outside, hard on the inside. I think yeah. is the difference of instead of going, look at me, I'm a real man. Um, mm. You know, um, and it's just that's the problem. Mm. The problem is having to show that exterior, feeling you have to show that exterior when you're not feeling it inside. Yeah, that's where it comes and, at an issue. And it's, yeah, yeah. And so people who people like, I just I'm sick of saying his name, so I'm not going to say him. It again, yeah, people like those kind of trolls professional trolls basically mm. who um just gainsay that for the sake of publicity mm. are p- part of that problem yeah they're part of that whole idea that a man has to be 
big, strong, tough looking on the outside, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. Yeah, but that we're done. That's fine. That's what a man is. Yeah. Never mind what's going on on the inside, mm. and that's the problem. That that disregard for what's actually going on. Mm. So, which is why it's better to suggest. I would say that as people like Gillette are doing, that let's be softer on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And tough and tougher inside. Let's let's present an image mm. that we're more yielding, less kind of you know challenging, less less kind of shrill, aggressive, all of these things, mm. and more respectful on the outside, and then and have that inner strength. You know, that's that's a much yeah. more much better equation for me. Me too. Yeah. So that me too. That's that. Yeah, me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah, really quickly, I'm just going to say a couple of ways I've been coping. Oh yeah, uh, good. Through I need these just through yeah through my misery of January. Uh, a few random random things. Just to, I'm not suggesting people people try this and it will solve their existential <laughs> yeah misery. angst. Uh, uh, I've been watching episodes of Crime Watch File on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, wonderful. I really recommend it. Right. Crime Watch File. It's basically shows from old episodes of Crime Watch, which is uh, for people who are listening in Utah. Yeah. It's a UK sort of crime. Uh, what is it? Crime reconstruction. Sort of yeah, thing. I find so them what, terrifying. What, what, what Crime Watch File is, is it's the great thing about it is they're all from the 90s. Mm. And so um, it's a case that's been solved. And they go back to it and they reconstruct how it was solved, how it happened, how it, and then how it was all solved. Wow. But the joy of it is they use real police officers. <laughs> really? <laughs> they, use, they use where they can real people. The people actually involved, involved in, in the, the, the case or not? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's wonderful. Oh, wow. So you get, you get a lovely bit of true crime mm. and you also, get <laughs> you also get the police officers kind of going, great, we've just had a lead. <laughs> oh, we better tell the governor. Oh right, so they're act- <laughs> like the actual real sort of triumph. Yeah, they're they're just they've told them to act. <laughs> so it's just there's something wonderful about it where that would never happen now. They've just realised now that's not professional. <laughs> enough. But back in the nineties, they didn't have that quality control, so it's all on YouTube. Brilliant. So they're just sitting in the office going, "God, we've had a lead. Really? What is that? Has it come from that shop? We that shopkeeper? Yeah, I'm getting down there now." <laughs> It's like that. All the acting is wonderful. <laughs> Which can be just joyous. Found a body, girl. yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of um, that's a joy. The other thing is, I've been playing this game called Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's Google it. Right. And it's um, I think it's a film. So Google Sorry to Bother You game. And it's about it's a guy whose brother died in the Manchester Terror Manchester Arena attacks uh, attack, and he um, he's written this amazing little online only game. Right. Where which is about separating the messages that he got from journalists mm-hmm. pretending that they were concerned but actually asking for interviews and actual messages of concern that he got on social media. It's incredible. Wow. So what so wait it's a web game, whole, is it? You you can access it through a browser. A web game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the whole game is you've got like a phone screen and you've got Facebook icon, email, text. Right. And you've got you just keep getting messages. And the whole point is you've got to quickly check the messages and work out whether they're real messages of support or messages from journalists. Oh, that's brilliant. That's it. Wow. That is the game. It's great. Is it hard? I reckon is it, it hard to spot? Are there, how good are the journalists at covering their, oh, their some, some of them are sneakier than others. So it starts off quite obviously by saying, hi, I'm from the Daily Mirror. Sorry to hear what happened to you. Can we have an interview? And you bin that. Yeah. And then someone will say, 
my thoughts go out to you must be an awful time and you go and you like that yeah so if you like a message from a journalist the game's over yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you have to just keep going through the messages Mm. which is great also i've been watching lauren hardy a lot which seems to help for some reason i think probably that's going back to childhood Mm. again because i used to watch it yeah with one of those things with my dad that we both laughed at which is very yeah. one of those strange kind of little cross-generational moments I remember watching it. I've got that with The Which, Simpsons and my son at the moment. So The Simpsons will be yeah, yeah, yeah. our generation, my son's generation. Exactly, yeah. 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 But I'm just watching it and just there's something also about Lauren Hardy. That is, They're um, fantastic. But I think it's, again, it's all on YouTube. Hmm. But there's something about Lauren Hardy that also, as well as the memory of watching it with my dad and also the fact that I do find it sort of genuinely just funny and it's sort of predictability and it's sort of slapstickiness and everything but it's also it's so old it's so it's almost like a kind of sort of dispatch from like ancient history right it just seems mm. like it's like fucking what 100 100 years old or something you just think this is a totally different era yeah so it's amazing just watching it in the background and the social history of it and just going wow people spoke like that people look like that yeah and they just don't seem very different from us there's a movie yeah. coming out, isn't there? There's a movie out with Steve Coogan. I didn't. Yeah. I was looking at the the person who played Laurel, and I didn't realise it was Steve Coogan. And then it said underneath it, I thought, wow, he's, yeah. he looks great in it because he he looks like he's really transformed into um, mm. Laurel. But um, I haven't seen it, but apparently it's a bit miserable. How is it? <laughs> <It's> okay. <sad. laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Are, but anyway, I mean. Yeah, there are a few things. I am. Um, can uh, I? I'll drop one in, which is that um, you know, as a family. We rarely get around the movie, uh, the TV screen to watch the same movies these days. But um, we did over Christmas watch Paddington's one and two and Christopher Robin. And uh, I know it's sappy and uh, emasculating, but but I loved them. I loved the the fact that I used to love those stories as kids, uh, as a kid. My kids loved them and they're teenagers, you know. Um, They're just so well done, both those Paddington movies and the Christopher Robin one too. A lot of charm. Um, sometimes I haven't heard of Chris Robin. Is that a, is that a Winnie the Pooh spin-off? Yeah, it's um, it's you and McGregor, believe it or so not. So we get a Christopher Robin backstory. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's when he's grown up. So you and McGregor plays a grown-up Christopher Robin who needs rescuing from his oh, okay. his um like office hell. You know, his kind of right. his terrible life by by his childhood toys. And this, this, um, is, this is amazing. This has passed me by, Tim. I've never heard of it. Oh yeah, you must look it up. It's great. It's it's got all the characters and the voices are all right, and they're all done in a slightly bri- a brilliant way. Because instead of being that Disney esque look, they look like tired old toys. Um, it's fantastic. Right. And you and McGregor's right. So those were good. So uh, January is nearly over. Yeah. Stick with it. Yes. Um, hang in there. <laughs> we're we're from, as we record, we're a couple of weeks away from the end. Yes, that's January. true. Yeah. We're past the midpoint. But yeah. So, we'll be back. I'm not sure when, but we're going to do occasional episodes and just uh, add, add to the series as we go. Yeah. What's that? You, is that some voice there? Yeah, I, uh, I've got now three voice assistants in my house, and I'm uh, I'm triggering them all. Uh, have you got this problem? Because yeah. I bought a new Sonos speaker no. with Alexa in, and um, I keep yeah. triggering it by mistake. Um, and now Siri kicks off as well. Uh, as if, as if jealous of Alexa, Siri. Siri keeps coming in and going, I don't know what you mean by that. And I, I didn't ask her anything. Um, That's cool. By the way, you sort of set them off against each yeah, other. Yeah, I think they're a bit jealous of each other. It's, it's all a bit AI weirdness, but um, sorry about that. That was my. I don't like that you have to say Siri, Alexa, Google. I just want to say it. 
Yeah. And it needs to, it should know. <laughs> they all kick <laughs> That's off. That's proper sci-fi. Yeah. That I just say it and they, they know. Yeah. I don't have to say Google first. <laughs> Um, um, I realise that's uh, a bit entitled. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, let's um, let's hope we can get another one up soon. It's been it's been great therapy for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. So contact at emotionalcripples.com Yeah, send us an email if you want to complain about our attitude to vegan pasties or whatever. Twitter at emcripples. There's also a Facebook group which is too mm. long to tell you the address for. Just search on Facebook. Yeah, and. Um, We'll be back soon. See you next time. Emotional Cripples was devised and performed by Andrew Lowe and Tim Tucker. Designed by Stuart Beish. All music by The Weathermonger. If you have been affected by the issues in this podcast, uh, you can call the Samaritans in the UK on 116-123. Or if you're outside the UK and Ireland, check out befrienders.org. You'll find the link in the show notes.